<clears throat> Jim Joyce. Did I do it I right? Like or it. I'm losing it. I, I, I keep testing <laughs> myself. It. I keep 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 variating, man. It's an evolution. There's no. It's all. There's no. There's no mistakes. It's only happy accidents. <laughs> it's only happy accidents. No, listen, I, absolutely, and 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 um, I'm happy to say I'm not wearing a, a shirt. Marty was making fun of me today, I guess, in one of our our your coach posts. Like I'm wearing a jacket and a shirt, and he's like, "What's happening? Like, what? What? You know, what, what's right. happening to you?" So, off brand, man. It's off yeah. brand. It's off brand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah like it. We got the t-shirt, a little casual. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so how how's the, you doing how's the week? Summer. Yeah, um, good. Good. I'm up for. I'm up for a big. Um, traveling sprint now i'm actually gonna see i'll see martin kelly like we're doing um i'm doing uh boston to or to new york back to boston to orlando to chicago all in the next like three or four weeks so i'll be on the road wow. yourself yeah about the same so i think we're gonna overlap in the east coast and i'm still seeing if i can make make your big vision event i you know awesome. no promises but i'll keep you posted um yeah, awesome. and then actually we come back and then off to Chicago um, and then Maryland and then back and then Milan for Frontiers in October. And yeah, yeah I'll, I'll pause here. That's just, that's like, you know, <laughs> that's enough. Stuff. That's enough for, for everyone. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. For everyone, yeah. Um, yeah, and then I guess we're gonna hop over. Oh, and and London. So speaking of what uh, for my uh, my younger one who is uh, heading out to UCL for school. So um, and it's speaking amazing. of London, that's what made me think about London that we're gonna sneak that in. Uh, we're gonna let um, Ash in. Ash Patel. Awesome. We've been trying to coordinate, uh, and even though we're meticulously unproduced. Um, Actually, we finally made it. Welcome. Hey. Ash. Hey guys, Ash. how's it going? Good to see you, my friend. Good to see you again. How you doing? <laughs> good, 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 good. I, I know many, many times Jim is like, I I I've met them or I've known them. And then like, <laughs> you know, the other 30, 40%. I don't know. We haven't taken the number, but but it's great yeah. that you know we the three of us know each other pretty well right so. the ecosystem kind of yeah, yeah. you know recycles <laughs> well, buddy have you been <laughs> good 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 no i have to say to start off with that like so you know ash obviously from a prior company was in as an investor i you know really excited for today just found you to be incredibly precise and elegant and uh, in the conversations about looking at it from that perspective so i kind of I, I enjoyed our meetings. I, I hope your perception doesn't change after this meeting. <laughs> so, <laughs> re, really excited to be here, guys. Yeah, really great to see you all. Thank By you so the way, much. elegant is going into the show notes. So just, just so you know. So. <laughs> Can I send a copy to my wife? I don't think you believe anyone's ever said that. Right, right. This is all for your wife. <laughs> well, Jim, Jim and I know you, but for our millions of listeners and viewers, take us through your life, Ash. Start wherever you want to start. Yeah. Uh, well, we got time. Uh, so, so, my, yeah. So, so, so my name is Ash Patel. Uh, I'm an investment banker working at a firm called Numis, uh, which is an international investment bank based in London. Uh, we have offices in New York and Dublin as well. Um, I'm a managing director of the Leeds part of our private markets group, which means we uh, advise and invest in growth stage technology companies. Uh, most of my clients are a mixture of tech, deep tech, healthcare, life sciences. I have a particular fondness and uh, bias towards healthcare uh, in general. 
um, by way of my kind of professional background. So starting my career as a, as a doctor, um, I was practicing in London for a number of years, so having graduated from Oxford Medical School, um, specialized in anesthesia and intensive care medicine, and then left um, in 2014, so quite a, a way back now, um, to join the founding team of Babylon Health as one of the first few employees, um, where I built product and technology for a number of years. So I, I kind of led product R&D through the first few iterations of the company, um, so, so sort of through the fundraisings, um, and through that got exposed to health tech kind of on the, the vertical part of the learning curve in terms of actually trying to build a business and build products that customers use. Um, did that for a few years and then eventually moved into venture investing, um, wound up working for Optum Ventures, which is the independent yep. investment arm of United you know, Health Group. Um, Jim, that's where you and I met um, and Eugene as well, I think. Um, yep. And there I, I was part of a team that covered um, kind of rest of world non-US investments. Um, so investing across Europe, uh, Middle East, uh, going into um, Australasia and Asia as well. Um, so kind of a broad, broad sweep of interest there. And again, focus um, pretty much exclusively on healthcare technology. And then I joined Numis where I am now just over a year ago, um, primarily because uh, a, a great opportunity, but also a recognition of a gap in the market on the European side of the house. So, um, and you guys are kind of operators in this space. So love to get your take on whether you think this is real or not. But mm. my, my perception was when I was an investor is that there's, there's actually a, uh, it's, it's never easy to raise capital as an entrepreneur. I, I kind of get annoyed when people say, oh, there's a ton of money out there. It's like, well, yeah, yeah but, it, but yeah, <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's never easy to get someone to give you money, right? But at yep. the same time, there is capital available in the early parts of the ecosystem. And there's lots of great incentive schemes and, and good backers in that part of the system. Right. But there's a real, and there's lots of money available. Also, if you are a, a kind of a private equity style business where you want to go public and there are big investors available to support that. But where Europe had a gap and still has a gap, we believe structurally was in growth rounds. So that is when you've kind of, you've, you've made your product. It's kind of with customers, you're generating revenue and you need that, call it 50, 75, hundred million dollars to really accelerate the business, really break right. the fuel fire. And there just isn't a ton of that available in Europe from European funds. Um, there are right. some fantastic players operating in that space, but generally speaking, if you look at the data, it bears out um, greater than 60% of that kind of capital comes from the US into European businesses, um, right. which is incredibly painful if you're a European founder and you're trying to raise capital from you know, far-flung lands and you don't get to go there very easily to visit people during COVID, sure. for example. Um, but also if you're an investor and you've got these great portfolio companies and you can't get them in front of people. So at Numis, what we do is help connect those two parts of the market system. Um, and our clients are cut across technology generally, um, uh, which is very interesting. And there's a lot, I think, in healthcare we can learn from that. But also... Um, we, we look at how capital markets operate globally and we help bring you know, Asian money, Middle Eastern money, American money, as well as European money to some of these companies. And we put awesome. a bit of our own in alongside as well. Awesome. I, you know, I was going to say my, I love the raising capital question. Uh, Eugene, the, um, my father had an expression that said, said he said, uh, Jim, if people ever give you money, uh, they generally want it back. <laughs> that was the expression. That it <laughs> it's it's and they it's maybe it may be a bit more, a bit more. You, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, so so go and pitch that way. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, that that's 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 also a great a great quote. I was going to tell like a little bit story that I you know back in the days. What was yours? Startups. Um, it's you know you can be on stage. There's three thousand listening. Everybody's clapping. You know maybe uh, you know then you kind of get off the stage and there might be I don't know a line of X number of dozen of people, and they're like okay clapping right. 
And then you, <laughs> you ask for feedback. And out of those few dozen, maybe only a dozen stays for feedback, right? Um, and then from right. the feedback, you ask to be maybe an advisor. And then you got like maybe one or two standing still around. And then you ask for money. And it's like, what? No one here. <laughs> the group, yeah, it, it thinned out really quickly there. <laughs> yeah. So Anyway. Yeah, so, so critical, critical question. Um, why medical school? You had the grades, your parents made you do it. What's the reason? So my, my parents um, weren't massively keen on it. Um, I suspect primarily because they thought I wouldn't make the grades. And so, uh, <laughs> so, like, um, so there, was, there was an element of risk there, um, which didn't pan out, in, which actually worked out pretty well in the end. But um, um, genuinely, it was, um, it, it, like, in all honesty, it was 2004. And if you're an Indian kid in North London who's good at science, you went to medical school. I wish I had a better answer than that, but that's genuinely the way the world worked. <laughs> right, it's cult- culturally it cultural and uh, acceptable. No one, yeah. no one goes to the school careers fair and says I want to be a doctor, and someone says, "No, no, don't do that. Go do something else instead." <laughs> like, um, right, so, right. like, so, like, so, kind of, I kind of got something along with it. Actually, having gone into the field, I really loved it, and it okay. was. Um, so, I'm, I'm one of the few lucky people who, I guess, has found stuff somewhat unintentionally and found that I love it as I go along so I, I don't right. have no regrets about going to medical school equally I have no regrets about going to finance like I've just right. found stuff to do through my career which I just enjoy doing awesome and, you know I I do remember that discussion in London um I forget where we were sitting but just grabbing a coffee or whatever and I remember you were telling me kind of the early days of Babylon what actually I mean you know, I, I think this was a second large venture, right, for Ali. Um, I'm sure there were more. I, I, I don't know the full history. But, you know, coming into something built from scratch, like what, you know, what what made you say yes, right? Um, and again, yes, medical background, but you kind of mentioned you were driving product, right, and R&D. So just kind of that flip. I, I guess I've, like, even before all of this kind of this bit of my career, like, I've always believed that great companies can can change the world for people so if i just look at my everyday life like google i was using google maps today to try and find a coffee shop like can you imagine doing that 20 years ago you'd have right. to stop someone and ask them like where's a coffee shop and now it's right. all just seamless that's a small thing but it changes the way your life works and there's much bigger impacts uh, of technology we can all think of as well so like my starting position was that great companies can build stuff that's really useful to people um there wasn't a ton of that happening in healthcare like like 15 years ago they, like when I when I was coming through the system, like they just it, certainly not on, in in Europe. I was based out of London, yeah. But you didn't you didn't really see a huge amount of in the startup ecosystem, um, and you didn't see those companies operating at scale in a way that like a civilian like I was at the time, you know, could just use in everyday life. It's 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 kind of different when you operate in the ecosystem and you 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 know you're you're checking you're checking um, TechCrunch and you're you're looking at the news yeah. feeds and you kind of know what's going on right. with these companies. Go, go ask your grandma, like, what's actually, what, what have you seen recently? That's a perception of what the real world sees, not right. the world which we live in, right? right? And in that world, none of this stuff was happening. So meeting an entrepreneur that was saying, look at all the stuff that's happening in food delivery or airline bookings or any other aspects of your life, look how that's changed. And you're still doing the same job as the guy who did your job 20 years ago. That's, that's going to change and we're going to change it. I think that was, you know, for me, that was really exciting. Right. Uh, and I was very lucky to be a part of that, of that journey um, in that part of my career. And when you think about these, like, you know, I, I, we've been thinking a lot about this, or Eugene and I have been talking about this, these, I'll call them like kind of tastemaker companies. You know, I really feel like Babylon was one of those, you know, where, you know, they were just so far out there. You know, we had, um, 
you know, the folks from McKilly on, we had paratherapeutics on in the last like, you know, month and a half right now, we, you know, when you think about these organizations, what's your take on reflecting on, you know, these organizations that really just kind of forced their way through, were able to kind of corral major capital to a movement. How, how are you feeling about them right now? So uh, I, I think, so the first thing to say is I think that the entrepreneurs that build those kinds of businesses are some of the most fearless people I know. Um, because it's, it's really easy to see Uber moving cars around and say, hey, I can do that too, right? Like it's, it's, there's a different, it's not saying it's easy to build a business, but there's a different fear index involved in like, hey, I'm going to quit my job to go do this versus where you've genuinely never seen anyone try and do it and you're trying to create something from scratch. So I think these, these companies tend to be founded by um, people who are just forces of nature. And that is what helps to corral the capital and, and bring right. it to the table. Because you need, you need investors to believe the story. There's, there's right. often very little by way of data in terms of like PNL or financial proof points. You may not even have technical proof points early on because you build what you're building is so new that you can't even do a clinical trial to show that it works because you're still in the process of building it. So right. you, you need people to believe the story. And so um, these people are forces of nature. They are some of the best kind of storytellers in the world. Um, I can't remember if it was kind of the, um, whereas Socrates or Aristotle, but like, you know, storytellers are the ones who rule society, right? And so like, these are the, the best right. storytellers. Right. And, um, and so um, I, 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 um, I, I find them fascinating people to be around. I think as companies grow, the best ones are the ones who grow with it. And so they, you see, and you see that adaptation, right? When like, because um, you've known these folks for 10 years in some cases, and you now watch their investor presentations in public markets. And, you know, Jim, you're CEO of a public market company as well, right? You've been through that journey yourself. Yeah. Like there's a there's a difference between how you how you present in a closed room full of your people under NDA versus right. how you present on a on a white le- on a web stream where the market right. sees it for eternity. And right. the great ones you are like ones attorney, you, you get attorneys in one arm, a CFO in the other arm. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They're all holding you down. It's like, no, don't say it, don't say it. But like um, but like it, it's, it's the the, the, re- the truly great ones are the ones who, who can make that like, that just transformation. I don't think that's easy because almost the type of personality and phenotype you need at the start of the journey is almost the opposite of what you need at that point in the journey. Mm. Um, although it's worthwhile noting, like, and again, it's, it's, it's interesting working now on later stage companies where some of our clients, you know, IPO, DSPAC in some cases, you know, it, it really is just another capital event. And it's funny how when you're in the early stage of the system, you think about the IPO as the exit, but right. actually for the CEOs, like that's not an exit. It's just another source of money. Right. Because right. now there's right. future growth you're going to you're going to build on, and right. and, and the ones who get that are, are really powerful. And just out of curiosity, right? Um, what was kind of one of the bigger lessons that you took from Babylon? Again, I, this sounds it was like your kind of, and and then I want to switch to what made you move into venture capital right after being on that other side of the entrepreneur. Yeah, I mean, um, uh. The biggest lesson was is that um, when when you're working in in in, in a frontier market, like sometimes in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man truly can be king. Um, (laughs) And because you're you're dealing with stuff that, like, genuinely, you you think there's loads of smart people in the world, and there are, but there are some things that some smart people just haven't stopped to think about yet. And so I don't have to be as smart as them, provided I can be first. And right. so that 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 um, velocity <laughs> in getting stuff done and just moving like moving fast and just not moving fast and breaking things because I do think in healthcare regulated industry people's lives at stake you've got to do it the right way. Yep. Right. But but not but not being scared and thinking oh but I'm surely somebody's already thought of it 
Like right. some, sometimes there is some stuff that people just haven't thought of. And right. you don't have to be Albert Einstein to think of it and say, well, if I just get it done by tomorrow morning, we'll have done right. it. And just yep. those, those steps will add up really quickly. Yeah, I think this bias to action, right? Like from that, Absolutely. That, 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 you know, whereas everyone said, you know, I'm worried or someone else is going to have it. Or this like, you almost feel like the tech system is so developed, like, the, you know, the underlying SaaS and tech and consumer tech models are so developed that people are playing at these niches, you know, where they really feel like I have to have something so unique or so transformative. Whereas healthcare, there's just so much basics that need to be done still. You know, he's in everybody sit here today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can, you the stuff that you guys, I mean, you guys work on very interesting companies, um, but there are, there are less interesting companies from a technological perspective, which are still going to have a big impact, right? Like, um, I'm, I'm not right. trying to disparage innovation. I think it's super important. Right. But sometimes just recognizing like in a pen and paper world, genuinely filling out a PDF on an iPad is actually, is, is moving things along. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I, you know, one of those, since you mentioned a bunch of publicly traded companies that we had on here, but like Freezer was another one. I still remember kind of the old, early, early days in New York, right? I mean, mm-hmm. on one side, they did nothing more than put a little pad in every office, right? And, and so, and now they're public. I haven't been tracking them. But should, okay. should, Jim, I know you and I kind of discussed like we should put like a digital health index together and, or something and like... <laughs> Yeah. Should we add Freezer into yeah, exactly. it? No. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah, no, here's our idea. And you can tell us if it's a good idea or not, is we're going to do one of those, you know, kind of fake, you know, because I got to be, I can't invest. I got to be careful about what I invest in. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the, um, we're, we're going to take a, you know, kind of a fictional, like Jim and Eugene token, right? right? We're going to take, take a million, we're going to take a million. Are we doing tokens worth. now? Okay, I, like <laughs> I don't know. If, what you, if you're doing tokens, I'm in. Let's go for it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Now we take. We're going to take a million dollars. You know, through one of those, like in and create an index of called the Shada Digital Health Index. So it's the publicly traded companies that have come through uh, the Shada Digital Health are ones that Eugene knows really well. And um, so we, I think I've got about eight companies, Eugene. Actually, I built the index yesterday. Did you already? I, okay. And I, and I put. I put a million bucks into it, but then I'm not going to say one of the companies already knocked it out of the, <laughs> the box a little bit. <laughs> I won't say which one. Not mine, not mine for the record. So, <laughs> but, but cause, cause it's kind of, you know, it's a little bit of lead in that, you know, you know, if you, if you think about what's happening in this market space, if I look at those companies and I don't know if you agree, Ash is if I look at those companies, those eight companies, they kind of feel like venture investments still. So meaning like, you know, at the values they're at, the values aren't, you know, it, it's not what it was like a few years ago, right? In terms of the valuations, the values are at, you know, two or three of those guys are going to be billion, you know, multiple, multiple billions, you know, from where they're at, you know, three or four of them are going to give you like a nice return and probably two or three are going to struggle to get across the finish line. That's be my prediction on it. But I don't know. If, would you agree? I mean, look, I think, I think generally speaking, if you look at small cap indexes, that's what happens, right? So right. like um, that, that's follows not like an adventure. It, 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 follow, it follows a very similar pattern, perhaps a slightly right. higher break-even kind of modest success rate than venture does. I mean, venture right. there's the seed series A, there's there's a lot of failure, right? And that's right. the power law is even more exaggerated. But I, I think you're spot on. Um, I think the index, I mean, so we, we, we build and track that index. We've got analysts who are tracking that in, in our bank. It's, it's an area which we've built out. Oh, so do you year. have a digital health index? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because it, it's oh, an cool. area in which of like serious focus for us. Hmm. Um, so, and, and actually we... We look at it differently to like general healthcare companies because like what some of our criteria in terms of like how do you think about this business is actually thinking about 
how would this company, when it starts to scale up, how does the economic shift within that business? Like, right. you know, yep. if, you, if your gross margins are north of 50, 60%, that's a fundamentally different proposition to a bricks and mortar hospital operation where you just don't see that. Interesting. And so, and, and one of the challenges I think some digital health companies have is, um, and again, never really appreciated this till I got, kind of got into the investment banking side of it is who buys the stock when you do decide to go public? Like, right. um, because you're like, are you going to get bought by a healthcare index? Because most healthcare indexes are quite, indices are quite defensive. Right. Like, you know, you're in there with a bunch of companies who don't really have massive high growth, but equally never have bad years either. Right. And then you've got these companies which are really high growth, but the trade-off is high growth is high volatility. Right. So I, I do wonder whether the, the market will bifurcate a bit and you'll get, in the same way as you could argue that like, um, I don't know, like Amazon or Warby Parker are a consumer. And so it should be in the same bucket as Pepsi-Cola, but we know that they're not the same as Pepsi-Cola, right? So right. we kind of, we put them in a different bucket when we're indexing them. So um, maybe some, at some point, some smart, um, smart well-funded um, hedge fund guys will set up a different index and say, actually, this is a different allocation which we're going to have um, right. if you want exposure to the high growth healthcare yep. companies. Right. I mean, for me, I'm curious, you know, Jim added eight, right? Uh, you don't have to disclose, but I'm sure there's much more. Like, I think we're still in this like definitional space. Like, uh, you know, to use an example, right. like is Teladoc and Mwell, are, you know, yeah, it's digital as telemedicine, but like, I don't know if I would bundle them. Like, you know, I wouldn't add that to your right. index, Jim. Like I, but maybe, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I feel like, yeah, you know, I mean, I, you know, I kind of threw them right in, you know what I mean? Like just to, right. <laughs> to make it right, up right, because right. I, you know, you know, I was thinking about the, um, you know, the Lavongo acquisition and felt like that was the greatest, you know, okay. you know, initially at the time, I know there's been, uh, you know, do, you know, they, they, there's been some challenges there, but like that was such a transformative, you know, kind of look at the future uh, company and then yeah. Amwell didn't they buy Amwell bought who Silver Cloud yeah, right? Silver and, Cloud uh, and um, and our, our other buddies our buddy Murray right uh, con- uh, Murray why am I forgetting Con- Conversa Conversa that's it Conversa yeah yeah, yeah. 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 so you know so if you, but I mean you're right like the definitional thing when does they move back in but maybe like maybe ask your kind of qualification of like you know organizations that are leveraging technology that are operating at 60 percent 50 60 percent plus gross margins you know um i don't know i'm assuming those companies that's where they're at oh, but but i would it's, argue someone so go ahead go ahead Ash, please. No, no, go, no go ahead please no you go ahead please um yeah, you're i was guest. gonna say because i think some of the <laughs> yeah I just well maybe maybe I'll, I'll i'll give a little bit more and then Ash. You know, I think kind of from a services digital health business, right? Um, but if you're pure, you know, pure right. DTX, right? I mean, you probably are right. 90, 100 plus, you know, gross margins, um, you right. know, so that's, that's also like different levels of it, right? And now, again, my hypothesis is that I just don't know how these companies that just doing pure software-based interventions can really compete, right? From a perspective of other services surrounding it and et cetera. Right. But- what do you think, Ash? I mean, I think from a, so just unpacking that a little bit, like from a pure DTX perspective, like if you didn't know the difference between digital and physical, I don't get why you wouldn't think of that as biotech because it's taking IP and you're using right. that to then deliver a biological impact eventually. As on some level, all of this comes down to biology, right? In the patients that you're treating. Right. Um, so, so like you are the fact that it's not a drug or a molecule, but it's a, an intervention to a virus screen. 
right. like an alien from Mars might be like, so what? what? Why is that such an important distinction to make? Right. So from a pure IP perspective, and, I, that's, and that recognizes the fact that most biotech pharma companies that are listed have no intention of distributing their products. They're expecting to get acquired by acquisition engines that then have distribution, big pharma right. companies. Um, right. And so I wonder whether the same kind of pattern of events will unfold in DTX land eventually as well, where it makes sense for a pharma company to say, actually, we're going to have a division which um, which delivers purely digital solutions for a patient subset. And that's where we can monetize some additional IP there. Yeah. Um, I think the question of can those exist without a service model? Um, I, I, I think they can, but I, I think it'll have an uneven spread in markets. Because right. if you look at who gets medical yep. problems, those are not generally populations that are the first, uh, like video conferencing as a solution had an adoption curve. If you say you're going to completely remove the physician altogether, there's another adoption curve, like, you know, you've got to, got to right. get through. So certain patient populations will do better than others in the early days, but then patients will get older. And this health healthcare is a long-term game. Like, right. you know, if you're, if you're building a multi, like an enduring business, you want to be there in 20, 30 years time. Well, Today's yeah. 30, 40 year olds are going to be tomorrow's kind of 60, right. 70 year olds on that time scale. So, what, uh, so, yeah, so what's your definition of a, like if you were to do digital health index, like what goes in, what goes out? I think any company which is using um, it, it, computational infrastructure to move the cost curve of delivery of healthcare for me is it would, would go into that index. And okay. the way in which you demonstrate that is through the unit economics on the, on the, um, on the on a on a per delivery. user basis, yeah. Yeah. delivery basis, it, it yeah. has to be that it, it can't be delivery through scale because then that could be you could include like private equity roll ups of dental practices yep. through that kind right. of logic, and that's clearly not what we're talking about. Um, and, but it, it can, but each individual user must have a contribution margin to that business. I'm talking purely as a shareholder, you know how right. how you'd want to think about that, and then you know those businesses currently largely have quite a heavy service component, and you've got to recognize right. that. But the thesis has to be that over time they they deleverage that service component, and yeah. more and more of it is done digitally, um, yeah. and that's eventually how they become kind of very profitable companies. Mm. I, Did you I, hear Eugene that these these companies are now being the first companies are being listed in the drug database? Hmm. Did you hear that? Uh, uh, honestly, I've not seen like any news on if you're talking about digital therapeutics. Are you talking about? Yeah, you know they're being yeah. uh, they're being listed in the drug database, which is I guess is a breakthrough. You know, we just heard that. Um, I, interesting. Well, I mean, look, I, I think that's been you know we just had a discussion. I forget with who it went around. You know, the, uh, specifically the digital therapies. It's kind of like, well, it, it, is it a SAMD? Yeah, it's sort of treated as as that as a medical device. On the other side it kind of keeps falling under, well, it's like pharma, right? Go through the whole clinical trial process and all of that and being treated that way. So I think, you know, being listed, I mean, formularies, you know, um, the PDTs though, I haven't seen like prescription digital therapies being on the formulary, but I could be wrong. Um, but you know, maybe yeah. the listeners watching us, but. Um, do, you, do you think there's, do you think there's like a physician education piece in that? Cause like, Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, right. I think, um, and I, you know, I'll hold the the other show that I cheat on Jim with. Uh, there will be <laughs> in the next two weeks. Uh, so for those who watch this one, there will be somebody from the AMA, uh, and that part of the discussion around exactly awesome. that, right? So um, it's a you know, proper I'll, show, I'll, Ash. That's the one you want to get on. When I get that, one is <laughs> <produced>. <laughs> Give me my plus one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, 
So, you know what, one of the things, and again, right, you've been on, you know, kind of as, as a trained doc, right, uh, or clinical background, you know, switch to the startup building, you know, the frontiers of let's call it diagnostics, right, self-diagnostics to a certain extent, right? that's kind of my summary of it, um, switch to, uh, you know, Optum, venture investor, seen a lot now at a bank, so kind of larger deals and growth deals. Can you you know, without getting into any kind of trouble within your bank, can you tell us a little bit what you've witnessed in the last, let's call it six months and where your personal ash view is on where it's heading? (laughs) Personal only. So, you know, so so, uh, to be honest with you, we actually, we put out a load of research in this sector because we just find no one else covers it. And, you know, we'll, um, uh, we, we put out what we call our growth capital survey where we survey, 30 of the world's top investors across different subsectors, um, yep. anonymize the results, um, and then put them out for anyone to read, um, just to get a view as to how the market's evolving. We do that every quarter. Um, yeah, awesome. So we, we've actually built up like proprietary data over the last year as to how, you know, for some, of, some of the survey members are happy for us to name them, but like the likes of Sequoia or Silver Lake and so on, how they're really thinking about things uh, at yep. the senior managing partner level. Um, I, I'd say right now, um, kind of the, the sentiment and the, the mood music in the market is, um, it was uh, candidly, it was quite quiet. I think anyone can look at the online pitch book or crunch base data and say that there not a lot of deals were getting done over Q1, yeah. Q2. The thing to remember is that just huge amounts of capital had been raised by investors in the form of dry powder. This is money where they've they've got commitments from their own investors, the the limited partners, the LPs, who are typically and they're not the giving it back and stuff. And you know they 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 have they make money when they make investments, and those investments make a return. Like there's right. not a lot of money to be made if you don't make investments. Um, so. So that's that's sitting there on the sidelines. And what we're seeing is, and we did a piece of work a few days ago, actually just tracking all the deals that did get done between May of this year and to present day within the range which we operate. What was the typical kind of uplift for the companies that did have up rounds in that time? Because right. you hear a lot about down rounds and flat rounds yep. and layoffs. Yep. But, and it's interesting, it's 2.6X, which mm, surprised wow. us because we kind of thought it might be a bit lower than that, right? Like right. companies doubling valuations in these kinds of markets. Right. And what and what our own then we cross-reference that against our own survey data for the last two quarters. And what we're seeing is that there's a real bifurcation in the market. So right. the best companies can can attract capital. Um, it's probably a little bit tougher than it was a year ago, but they're still able to attract capital from tier one investors in the kind of quantums and valuations that makes everyone feel good about things. Yep. Um, but it really is the best and the rest. And okay. so like, what, what you're seeing is the market is splitting almost in two right now where investors need to deploy, but they're being very selective about where they deploy. Right. They would, from what we can see, almost rather pay a premium to get into the right company than right. say, hey, it's the second or third best in the space, but it'll do. We'll stick our mind. We can get into this deal and we'll make them the best over time. That kind right. of mentality is slowly, is kind of phasing out at the moment. Got it. Got it. Interesting. Interesting. I love the best you of the rest. I, like, I love it. Yeah. When you think, I, I was just thinking about you know, what I loved about, um, uh, not, you know, I've mentioned them before already, but I mentioned uh, with the Achilles concept was this idea of uh, giving kids that had a de- attention de- deficit disorder video games, <laughs> like the fundamental premise of that as a, as a curative, you know, as a way of kind of meeting where they're at. Whereas mm-hmm. if I look back, like say 10 years or f- even more than that, maybe 15 years, what was the company that, that was putting ingestible pills into schizophrenics proteus 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 yeah proteus so if i look at that like in terms of the evolution of space that for me that just captures it it's like you know one is trying to put 
you know, trying to get schizophrenics to ingest trackers and the other is trying to put, you know, a video game into kids with attention deficit disorder, at, you know, both with curative and, you know, smart technology. It feels like growth. It feels even like, though it does. Even though Proteus is no longer, right? I mean, the assets got bought right. out uh, to, in their defense, uh, it wasn't, you know, there were d- delivery mechanisms. So it's not like they chose to put, you know, the pills. Yeah. Into, into no, yeah. But anyway, but I get your point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I wasn't trying to be tough on them. No, I know. So run anywhere. I mean, it was amazing technology. It was an amazing thing. But a, a difficult challenge, a difficult challenge. Yeah, yeah. I, I think also like, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, there's it's easy to underestimate, but there's just been a massive growth in the sophistication of these kinds of consumer-facing technologies in the last 10, 15 years. Right. And like, like what Proteus were playing with from an engineering perspective, like right. it would have been difficult to find anyone who had done anything like that, whereas like Achilles, Achilles products are amazing. I think that the results of deliver patients are, you know, that's, that's really something, right? Yep. But you can get really sophisticated video games engineers. Like right. there's yep. a skill as well as an entrepreneur in recognizing where is the pool of talent going to be? Because I'm not going to build everything. So right. like, where's the pool of talent going to be available to yep. be able to deliver a product which people are going to want to use? Yeah. Um, and and I, th- I think that's, you know, hats off to them for figuring out kids like video games. There's a lot of very good video games designers and we can make right. video games that help them get better. Yeah. Well, we had, we had Buddy and these Carl companies. on. So, sorry, Jim, I was just going to comment, right? Because it's that mix. And, and you know, for the one just I'm really worth rewatching that episode. I've actually re-listened to it on a walk because just, yeah. you know, uh, Carl comes, Clever. does not come from healthcare, right? Um, and it was like that perfect match and from kind of gaming right. tech. Um, so just, yeah, I wanted to comment. Yeah, no, agree. Agree, 100%. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so, Jim, do we yep. do we go to your famous question? Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, so Ash, your your you've, your index, you know, your newest index and investments have you know more than um, two point six x themselves. <laughs> multiple, whatever they whatever happened in the last, you know, they're just gone through the roof, and you're in such phenomenal circumstances that you are. Uh, you know, the exalted investor in the industry, and you're walking through lovely London on a sunny day, and a young uh, medic that's just joined a, uh, had just joined a digital healthcare company that was transforming the NHS's healthcare system, has decided to go on his own and start his own uh, company uh, in, you know, absolutely exciting venture. And he says, Ash, I can't believe it's you. You're the one guy that I was looking for, for advice. What's the, what's the piece of advice you would give them? Um, so before we go any further, I've just got to, my, my compliance team will freak out if I don't say this, but we're, technically we're advisors who do a bit of investments. Okay, so sorry. I'll get in trouble if I don't <laughs> Sorry, sorry. That was just, that was a storytelling. We'll do some great storytelling on that. Um, but but the, I, I think the advice is that, um, I mean, look, the, the I don't think that the pace of technological evolution is slowing down. If anything is getting faster, more and more talented people are choosing to enter that field. And as a result, things get better and better. Um, so the things that are going to be impactful for a young person today, um, when they're in their kind of 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever, those things probably don't exist yet. And right. so it's not to be scared of doing stuff where it's not entirely obvious if anyone has tried to do it before. Chances are the best, most impactful things you can do. You will be the first. You will make a ton of mistakes. People will laugh at you from time to time and say, that's crazy. And you know, we certainly got our fair share of bad press when I was at Babylon of people saying that's not the way to do things. And video consultations are hoo-ha nonsense. Even you know, fast forward to 2020 COVID, I mean, 
that was the only way anything got done. And um, and so, you know, kind of prove that thesis out in the end. So don't don't be afraid of trying stuff where even if you can't see if anyone else has tried it before. Um, some of the most rewarding things you can do, you'll be the first. It'll be imperfect. But yep. like I said earlier, I guess in the land of the blind, the one-eyed person can be king or queen. So um, get, get yourself in that position. Um, we, got, we got some great nuggets today. Great nuggets. <laughs> I, I feel like we need to transcribe this one for sure. So. <laughs> well, awesome. Ash, thank you for making the time. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk soon. And for those uh, watching... Care, subscribe and pass it on.